0: Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran. Sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Now here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Moran. And today I want to welcome Val Steed to our show. Val is Director of Accountants at Zoho Corporation. And we're going to be talking today about cash flow, which... I keep getting your emails and your feedback, and and even though we've done a couple of shows on cash flow, it seems to be as relevant today as it ever was. So with that, I want to welcome to the Small Business Edge podcast, Val Steed. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, great pleasure to be here, and very good topic, by the way. I do agree with that. You know, we are constantly asking our uh, listeners, our readers, our followers, our viewers, you know, we interact with business owners every single day and, you know, they'll tell us what's on their minds. You know, it's inflation, it's interest rates, it's supply chain, it's labor, right? It's, it's always these other issues, but it always comes back to cash flow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They'll always say, you know, how do I avoid the abyss? <laughs> right. And running out of money.
1: Right. I mean, and a lot of people in business don't actually realize that growth requires cash. You know, you start having a good business. Well, you've got to expand and have cash for that. And that kind of catches some off, off guard. You know, we have two great months and I don't
0: have any cash. Well, you're still collecting stuff yeah yeah we're gonna have to get into it all right so let's start with our first question um why don't you start by telling us the, our listeners some of the work you do at zoho today
1: right i um, very thrilled to join this company i think i've got a great future and of course that's kind of why i sold the farm here and came over here uh, we are a marketing team we're a marketing team focused on the accounting profession so you know to be honest with you and can kind of keep it short our goal is that we don't want to ever hear again, what's a Zoho? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. people don't even know we're software, let alone, you know, a whole suite of software. And so we want to really get the message out there. And that's what our team does. So we're a marketing team. We go to a lot of events. We get in front of a lot of people. Uh, we do a lot of newsletter, a lot of marketing through uh, newsletters and professional organizations. And, you know, today, this is a great opportunity for us. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm a huge fan of Zoho. I've been to a number of the conferences that they had for analysts and, and other industry professionals. And you you know what? I can't say enough good things about the mission of the company. And, you know, they care about the planet. They care about people. Uh, Sridhar, your co-founder and CEO is uh, just very admired, you know, and, and that, and that kind of, enthusiasm and positive company culture runs straight through the company. So uh, any opportunity we get to work with Zoho, we we jump at the chance. And this is me and, and my partners that, that we work with. So we're excited as well. All right. So that's what you do at Zoho, but you've had a whole career uh, prior to Zoho, uh, you spent a, almost uh, a little over three decades at K2 Enterprises, and you you did uh, professional education for accountants and other professionals, right? Like continuing education. Um, you're also a CPA, right? Right, and so I, I got to imagine cash flow was a topic that was near and dear to your heart. Um, so let me ask you a second question: Why do so many business owners? Say that cash flow is their biggest concern in business.
1: Right. Let me let me kind of just give you one other little quick uh, add to my background. I was in public practice for about 15 years. Oh right. well. we yep. did we did a lot of work with helping clients try to predict cash flow, manage cash flow. You know, a lot of the ERP systems do a decent job, but we'll get into the tools here in a second. But let me just answer your questions directly. And this is not tough. Mm-hmm. Cash flow is the lifeblood of a business. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the core. Mm-hmm. You you start mismanaging that and everything else can fall apart. You know, you can panic and then you can end up letting go of staff or resources or cutting your inventory. Oops. Yeah. Uh, you know, I will tell you one quick comment about Shradar. You know, when the pandemic hit, we had this big managers meeting. I had a young staff join our team and I was afraid. First thing they were going to say is we're going to have to start letting people go. And Sridhar came to that meeting and the very first thing he said was, we have no idea where this is going, but we will not let go of anyone. Mm. We'll take cuts everywhere else we can. Executives will take a haircut if we have to. We're not letting anybody go. And his vision has been great because by keeping that supply there of our people and everything, now we're hitting this boom. And, you know, of course, like a lot of companies trying to hire. So you can, you know, cash flow is really the core. So sorry, I might get down in the weeds here a
0: little bit too much if I keep. No, talking. that's but you, what you said is so true. I mean, think about how hard it is to find the best talent, and then right. all of a sudden, because you've mismanaged your cash flow, now you're going to, you know, they call, talk about cut the fat, not the muscle, right. right? When you're when you're making cuts, you know, the employees are the muscle, right? Absolutely. And, you know, and so a, right? a lot of times when I talk to my clients, I say, you know, you're looking for a loan right now from a bank. You realize you got, you know, six figures in receivables right now. There that you are. Go. Average is like a net 75. Right. And you say, and then, have you been the squeaky wheel? Like, why aren't these people paying you? Right. And
1: I'll tell you that that is a huge area that we should probably kind of open up a little bit. Uh, too many of my clients. We're trying to kind of be the nice guys. You know, mm. they they were, you know, let us do the service and maybe try to collect stuff later. Truth is, when I joined my little firm, when I came to that firm and when my junior partner, one of our first meetings, they said, we're kind of upside down here a little bit, guys. How do we get out of this? Very first thing we did is we built a cash flow model. Mm-hmm. And we decide, you know what, we're, we're paying ourselves a little too much as partners and stuff. And so we, we got to figure this thing out and we got to try to come out of that. I, I had a doctor or a dentist client who was the nicest guy in the world. But when his son joined him, kind of how they joined in practice, his son came in and said, wow, you know, no wonder you're struggling with cash flow. Like you say, you've got this giant receivable thing over here. He was the first one to come in and say, dad, we got to do pay for service at the time of the service then yes okay so we got to do we got to do collections we got to be chasing stuff and then he actually came in and said and we got to be careful we got to do this right and the way to do it right is not have the people doing the sales of the service or whatever contact with the customers or clients try to collect you got to hire somebody else you need to separate that it's the old good guy, bad guy thing. And it, we did that in our firm, too. We actually hired some different staff, did some different things. We would never draw a partner into a collection incident unless it was really, really bad, because that partner's got to sell. Yeah. But but yeah. you have to get on this idea of pay a time service. There's too many accountants out there, even in public practice. They'll go out and do a bunch of work, hand people tax returns, send them a bill a month later, And hope they collect it a couple months later or even further down the road. Yeah. You pick up the tax return. You pay for stuff right now.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, the best, probably the best description of cash flow I heard was think of it as the gasoline you put in your car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want to go somewhere. It's 200 miles away. The first thing you're doing is how much gas do I have in the tank? Will it get me there? So, you know, in your business, oh, I want to be a uh, million dollar company, and um, i'm I'm seven hundred thousand in revenue right now. Do you have enough cash in your business to f- you know facilitate that growth, right?
1: and And if you don't, but you know you will, that was one trick our little firm did that we were trying to collect all these old receivables. That's when my one partner said because I came to him and I said, you got to stop holding partner checks. We've got a pile of cash, you know, receivables out here. Let's go get a small credit line. Let's not... Let's not sell the goose that laid the golden egg here. Let's not destroy everything, but let's go get a small credit line to to allow us that fluctuation during the year to where we've done all this work during busy season. And we're still not collected quite yet. You don't want to be holding partner checks in May, June, July, because we don't have all that money in yet. And, you know, so we got this little credit line, which really helped out. And that's one idea. It's, you know, anytime, anytime though, you do go in and leverage stuff, get loans and stuff. It does bring pressure back into the business, especially the owners trying to make payroll, others. And sometimes that could be really counterproductive. Uh, that could put too much stress on them. Yeah. But we, we're able to manage that one pretty good. That's one idea.
0: I have a story. I started Brian Moran and Associates back in 2012. And I picked up a big client maybe two months into it. And that yeah. client was, you know, paying the rent light and heat. And I'm like, oh, this is great. You know, yeah. this will, uh, you know, give me the runway I need to grow my business. But it also made me not focus as much on the pipeline. There you go. You know, I'm like, OK, I got it's the too truth. easy. Yeah. You're a yeah. golden egg. Yeah. I'm good for now. Right? right. Well, you know, that client owed me a deposit. They didn't pay it. Then they owed me for September, October, November, December. Ooh, and you wow. would get, and this is my first year in business. Now all of a sudden, I'm I'm you know, and I had other clients, but I'm I'm burning through my cash reserves because I haven't gotten this, and I'm paying people right to do this work. But I know, and and you know, my my contact at this company said, you know, you need everything needs to go through me. And I had a, a a good friend of mine who was very very successful, who actually convinced me to start this company. And he said to me, "If you ever need any help, call me." And and he said, "I can, I'll, I'll give you a line of credit." Basically, is what right. he said. And I'm like, "Wow, that's fantastic!" And it was December, and um, I, I'm like. Okay, I I'm not getting this money. I keep calling this person. I keep getting the runaround, and uh, they were they were um, uh, outside the United States. Oh boy! And so th- there's just, but it was it was a big company. I wasn't worried right. about getting paid. I was just worried about getting my money now. Anyway, I called my friend and I said, "Listen, I'm kind of behind the eight ball here. You know, I've got a company that owes me over hundred thousand dollars. Right, and um." you Know I'm I'm dipping into my reserves and um uh I'm I'm kind of at my wit's end here. And he said, oh, Brian, I'd love to help you, but I'm tied up, you know, like my, and when I His tell cash you cash is tied up, right? Right. When I tell you, Val, that this guy had more money than God, right? Right, so I knew he was he was lying to me, but he said, I can't help you right now. And I just said you know, you told me when I started my company, if I ever needed anything, I could come to you. Now I'm coming to you, and you tell me you can't help me. And he said, Brian, I wish I could, but just you know what? Let let's let's revisit this in a couple of months. And I hung oh up, boy, I hung up the phone and I thought, oh my god, what am I gonna do? I reached out to the CEO of this company, and I mean, this was a big company. I right. reached, I got his executive assistant, and I just said, you guys owe me a lot of money. You haven't been paying me. I need this money. Like I need it to run my business. This is who you are, right? The woman was so embarrassed. And she said, I'm going to put you in touch with the head of accounts payable. The accounts payable person never knew anything about it. I I had the money wired into my account that day. Oh,
1: I'm so glad to hear there's a positive experience back to that. We had a couple of clients was some public practice. We got out there like that. And literally, even when we went to the, the top guy, he came back negotiating like 40 cents on a dollar stuff. And we had some ugly
0: stories. Yeah, so, the, the, the funny thing is, and then I realized what my friend was doing. He was just going to add to my problem because I wasn't addressing it. Right. Like if, I, if, I, if he had given me that money, I wouldn't have call, made that phone call. I wouldn't That's have addressed right. the, my, my ongoing problem. And it might have continued. I might Keep have continued on. to do this work for free. But he yeah. forced me to address it. And I called him back and I apologized. And I said, you know, you taught me a valuable lesson. And I, I'm pretty sure you knew what you were doing, but you didn't let me know. I had to learn that for myself. Right. And let me tell you another one, too, you should pass
1: along. And I'm glad we're talking about this. Let me pass along another story. This is an ugly story. One of my clients, I had a very big client, and we did their audit. We did a lot of work for them and stuff. We always had a little trouble collecting their bills and stuff. One day, his controller calls me, friend of mine that worked with me at Deloitte before I went to the small firm. And he said, Val, I got to ask your opinion. He said, I, I don't know what to do. He said, Ken, Ken was the president of the company. Ken wants to use our payroll tax deposits to keep our cash flow going. Oh, oh. and I said, uh, let me give you some advice. Yeah. Leave. Yeah. Leave. Let's get you somewhere else because this is not going to end well. Yeah. If he's willing to take payroll tax deposits and not pay them and use that to fund cash that he's in for a much bigger mess. So I hope everyone's hearing this the last agencies you want to ever mess with eternal revenue service, payroll tax groups, uh, sales tax groups, you go out and borrow from any ugly relative. You have to, if you've got to, but keep those guys off your back. Yeah. It's you're not going to sleep. It's, it's not going to work. I would say probably if you're really, really in a jam, do kind of what we did with a, with a credit line from, you know, decent banks or other places or things you could do. Now, there is another source, too, and we never did tap this one. If it's a small proprietorship or ownership or small business, some of those owners have often over the years, some of our clients have successfully actually tapped second mortgage to kind of get by a little bit in their business. But remember, you put your home on the line there. Right, okay? right. So, you know, these are kind of your panic things
0: you do. Right, right. But and and that's why I want to uh, eventually we're going to get to the point where you can set up like permanent uh, practices for right. maintaining positive flow. We're not there yet, though. Let's, let's no talk problem. about this. I know Zoho has tools that are available for business owners to help them do a better job managing their cash flow. What do some of those tools look like?
1: Right. And, you know, one thing about Zoho is it's a little tough to kind of narrow it down. We have so many apps, but I did. And here's what I'd like to say. We have we have a, an app called Expense. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you why that would be good for business. When I was with K2, we had eight instructors canvassing the country and we were doing Excel expense reporting kind of thing. And we had some nasty surprises come in very late, all this kind of stuff. When we went to Zola expense, we were able to stay on top of those people and they would keep inputting their expenses, submitting it. We had a better idea of what was coming down the line for us as managers. Mm-hmm. So if you have people traveling, your expense reimbursements, our expense app is very inexpensive and it'll give you a better idea of what's coming at you kind of quickly. Mm-hmm. um zo books finance product has a strong little cash flow forecaster in there kind of built in based on historical data it's good okay yeah. I wouldn't say it's great because hang on I'm going to tell you I've done a ton of cash flow projections over mm-hmm. years and I'll tell you almost every business has something unique right yeah. so either with one of the next tools either or, or maybe even a combination of both, you could get a better view of things. We have a tool called analytics. Analytics will take a lot of your historical data and stuff out of your business, and you could twist and turn it. Think analytics tools, folks, really they're, if you've done much with pivot tables, they're just visual pivot tables is really what they are. And you can see stuff and analyze stuff. That's pretty good. But if you want to now forecast that, let's go to a sheet and we do have Zoho sheet. I know Mm -hmm. most accountants really are big on Excel. Either of those two, I would highly recommend. So, any manager listening to this, let me ask you a question. Do you have a projection model? Are you looking at some kind of projection model? Are you reconciling that projection model? Now, let me walk you through that quickly. Everybody starts with a projection model, and you know what? First month or first time around, you're going to be off, Yeah. right? Sometimes yeah. off pretty big, okay? Yeah. But, but you go back and you try to figure out, I got to reconcile why I'm off. Let me see if I can learn why I'm off. Next month, it's better. Next month, it's better. Now, if you stay on this and stay managing cash flow with some tool. Now, some folks have some really nice ERP tools. Back in the day, I'm really sad this product left the market. Did you ever hear of FRX Forecaster? No. That was the FRX report tool. The same company had a forecaster. Great Plains ended up buying this. Oh, company. yeah, yeah. I know. Gray. And then they ended up getting sucked into the whole Microsoft thing. And then they ended up just <laughs> kind of falling off the world. Yeah. Which was really a dirty, rotten shame because their forecaster was probably one of the strongest ones I've ever seen that was not a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, one last comment about cheats and spreadsheets, So Make sure you have somebody else review them. You can make some pretty big errors in spreadsheets if you don't have somebody else kind of reviewing your work. Now, let's start even with a crude model of some kind. But let's start projecting and then kind of holding ourselves accountable, trying to find out why each period or month we're reporting. Let's look at that. I guarantee you, you start looking into that. You're going to find stuff you didn't think of before. You're going to find factors you didn't think of before. And you're going to have a much better experience managing cash flow if you proactively look forward with tools and then try to figure out what happened.
0: Yeah, I, I love the tools because oh, yeah. they, they definitely add structure to your business. Right. So now you've got these tool in place. Let's I, when I think of cash flow, I think of like offense and defense, you know, and, and like a football game or basketball. Right. Your receivables are your offense. Your payables are your defense. Right. Right. So so w- are there other ways that we can, you know, business owners can stay on the positive side of cash flow? So like on the offense, you know, be the squeaky wheel on like, receive collect, 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 collect. Yeah. And then, you know, defensively, you know, payables put off purchases or what about like working with creditors on payment terms?
1: You can. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me let me let me tell you a story. Mm -hmm. As a young accountant, I went into one of my bigger clients and I was setting up his accounting system. We were doing a full implementation. And through that whole process, I kind of noticed that this guy, this guy paid his payables for the ink direct. And here are my young accountant, and I've got all these theories, got a master's degree in accounting. I walk into his office, and I'm like, Brent, look, you could probably hold on to more cash. Most of your bills are net 30, and some of them net 60, and you're paying them the day you receive them kind of thing, yeah. whatever. And he looks up, and you mm-hmm. see his face. He's like, oh, okay, young accountant, let me teach you something. <laughs> and he said, Val, I've got a lot of friends that play that game. <clears throat> And every one of them is hurting for cash flow. I've always been of the mind that I pay it the second I get it. And I've never really struggled for cash flow. Mm -hmm. The lesson hiding underneath there that I learned as I watch this guy manage his business, by the way, with no college degree into a sellout of a giant business and retire like 50 something years old. The lesson there is by forcing you to pay those bills when you get them, it forces you to look at cash flow management and it forces you to be involved and manage it if you start negotiating off <laughs> contracts and doing different things you're going to fall into that habit and sooner or later i think it's going to catch you now can you do that yes you could look to try to pay stuff you know if you got a net 60 hang on to it for 35 45 days it. Yeah. you can go back to some of your bigger suppliers <clears throat> Let, let's say you're <clears throat> really in a jam be honest with you You're really in a jam. Most businesses, if you approach them and say, I know we owe you a lot for inventory or whatever I owe you for. Uh, We're really in a jam. We think we're going to turn this around. If you contact them, you make the preemptive strike to let them know what's going on, what your plans are to get them repaid. I'd say 97% of those businesses are going to say, sure. yeah." You know, Um, you don't want to become a problem client for them because sooner or later they're going to say no. But can you negotiate? Uh yes, don't do though like I, that client I mentioned though. Don't go back in there and say, "Well, we'll give you forty cents on a dollar." Yeah, they're gonna just say mm-hmm. we're done doing business with these guys.
0: Yeah, you know? and you're you're a hundred percent right. You now again, I think about my business over the years, and I've had where, uh, you know, you're expecting a check in March, and all of a sudden you know, the, the, the due date passes and you call up, I called up and I said, you know, Hey, you know, normally you're like clockwork. And they said, Oh Oh, yeah, yeah. we changed the way that we do it. You know, normally they would pay stuff in advance. So it was, you know, we're going to pay you for six months of work now. And maybe I gave them a discount on the, on if they paid it up front and he said, yeah, now we're going to be paying it monthly all of a sudden it took, well, OK, I expected all this cash in and now I'm going to get it over equal payments over six months. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm looking and I'm thinking to myself, well, OK, you know, I can still make this, but I may have to call some of my payables and just say, hey, this is what happened to me. And every single one of them was like, we get it. That's fine. Not a problem. You know, we'll extend our terms. You can right. pay it. Over the next now That week. company, by the way, that owed you money, they should have
1: contacted you first to let you know we've changed the way we're paying. Here's how we're doing it. Right. They should have been
0: preemptive and then allowed you to go kind of go to your suppliers. That would have been nice. You know, yes. huge company, small business. Yes. You know, but, but the, another issue is though, again, you know, you pointed it out probably pretty early on, you know, one of the fears from business owners about being the squeaky wheel is that, you know what, the client's gonna go, this one's too much of a headache. Let's just drop them. And that you would lose the business if you complained about the late payables. But isn't the alternative to that worse? Where they just continue yep, yep. to extend, extend, extend. And you know, you've moved this receivable from March, now all of a sudden you're in July. Right. Much worse. And and you know, by separating it,
1: actually having somebody else do the, be the bad guy, go and collect. It's stunning how well the whole system works. Mm-hmm. In fact, even in a terribly small business, let's say it's sole proprietorship, you could hire a part-time college person to go do collections for you. Get the owner out of collections. Yes. Get the key people out of collections without yes. question. Yes. And so, you know what? It's funny because you start collecting stuff consistently like that and people, you're, re- you're either retraining your customers and clients or you'd better be dropping them pretty quick if they're not yeah. paying stuff.
0: Right. Yeah. The, the, you know what? These are all great points too. Okay. I want to look, do a little forward, you know, looking right now. Sure. So I'm I'm seeing a lot of mixed signals with the economy coming in 2023. I'm a realist. I thought we were in a recession for much of 2022 because of the negative GDP growth yet unemployment still hovering around three and a half percent, three, seven, whatever, you know, and there's a lot of money, I think, still in the economy from a couple of years ago with the government and the pandemic. And I think that's what's kind of masking some of the bigger issues. So, So you're seeing mixed signals right now for 2023. What advice would you give to business owners about Avoiding this kind of cash flow crunch that we've been talking about next year?
1: Right. Well, first thing, when business is good, be putting some away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, without question, be kind of stocking up stuff. Uh, it, I had somebody say this to me years ago, and I like the saying it's expect the worst, you know, plan for the worst, expect the worst, and then be surprised if something turns out. Mm-hmm. My opinion of kind of where we sit right now. You know, we have kind of a global perspective as Oak, So we see global reports Mm -hmm. of things and underlying all of this, in my opinion, to be very honest with you, I think the economy globally is strong despite the war in Ukraine, despite coming out of the pandemic, despite all the political stupidity floating Mm -hmm. around everywhere, you know, all this stuff. I think the underlying current of general business is stronger than what these analysts keep saying. Okay, we're going recession, we're going, you know, down, down the rat hole. At the same time, I think it just kind of really is a great time for businesses to sit back and say, okay, what do we really need? You know, and make sure when you're saying what do we really need, let's look at what we really need, not how much I want to take home, but let's let's look at what we need in inventory or whatever we're selling, our, our people. Uh, Sridhar was very smart not to be letting go of a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Weeding out out dead wood, if you got people that aren't producing or whatever, that's a whole other ballgame. Definitely make that move. If you've got deadbeat clients, you know, one of the things our firm learned, the hard way, and that was the smartest thing you could do every year, was identify your 10 worst clients Mm. and fire your 10 worst clients.
0: Yes. And And that's hard.
1: Yeah, it is terribly hard, especially for a CPA firm. Then we learned the other side of that. There was a guy that did this uh, seminar years ago called how to make a million dollar practice back then. That was a big deal in the like Mm eighties. Okay. And one of the things he said was, okay, look, you've got these people you've let go because they're terribly, you know, rotten and whatever. He said, there is a way to ask your good clients to refer you. And he said, they will refer you. If you do this, right. Mm -hmm. Go to your good clients. When you've done something good for them and just kind of closing up a job and say simply this, if you like what we do, Tell your friends. That's all you say. Yeah. Don't say like these car salesman, Give me a list of five of your friends so I can call them. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. just yeah. Say if you like what we do, tell your friends. You'd be surprised how that can snowball. Because it can. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's look right now. Well, well, hopefully business is good. It's not great. Let's be putting some money away. Let's kind of be looking at what we really need. Let's kind of look at these other ideas to kind of grow our business referrals and other stuff, and then look for those troublesome customers and clients, maybe you need to cut those
0: relationships off. There's something to be said about that. And and that has to do with corporate culture, like your company's culture and the the mood and the engagement versus disengagement levels. So, you know, you look at like one of your biggest customers and, and you say to yourself, man, this customer late paying again is real pain uh, you know, gives my, my employees a lot of grief, a lot of waste. Yes. And you look at that now it's, it's really hard to do at the, when you're in the weeds of your business, when you're just like, you're facing these problems and putting out the same fire over and over and over again, you know, they return orders. They, you know, berate your, your customer service, right. Mm -hmm. They're late with their payments, but they're one of your biggest clients. It's when you go to the clouds of your business when you're looking down and you're saying, "Okay, where were we? Where are we now? Where do we want to be?" And you look at it, and all of a sudden you identify the root cause of these problems with customer service and employees and whatnot, and and cash flow. It's like, yeah, my second or third biggest client is causing me the most trouble. If I get rid of that client, even though it's going to mean all of this revenue, to your point. I could, I could probably ask my other customers, you know, to step up, you know, get it's more business. From, mm-hmm. But it's also going to improve it's also going to greatly improve the mood among my employees and you tell them, I did this for you. I'm letting go of our third largest customer right. because of what they are doing to you and and all of the problems that we we can take all of that negative energy, move it out And then replace it with the positive energy that we have with our other clients.
1: Absolutely. In my firm, we did this. We had a really big client. They were really tough to deal with. We finally cut them loose. What stunned me was I had one of my other clients call me and say, hey, you guys finally wised up. Good move. Because Mm. to be smart, to be honest with you, the whole time they were with you, they were actually bad mouthing you. Letting them go is not going to give you bad press. Yeah. It's going to yeah. it's going to move you along. And I really appreciate his call. I mean, I had a lot of dealings with this guy. And, you know, I'll tell you what, his business is still out there right now, run by his son in the valley here. Huge real estate business, very successful because he was smart and he yeah. kept an eye on cash flow. And he all that was very important to him. Good business relationships. You know, people are really honest with each other. This is the core of all this.
0: Yeah. You know, what I love about this conversation is that it really is taking a much more detailed look at the bigger picture. Cash flow is one element of your business that can cause a lot of angst and anxiety and sleepless nights. But when you start to look at the root causes of your cash flow issues, more time, you know, it's either that you're not generating enough sales or that you're not collecting on the sales that you're generating, right? right? You know, you got to keep an eye on your payables. Maybe you don't make those investments that you wanted to make. Maybe you hold off on them or whatnot. Um, But, you know, if if you're looking at that and you're saying, well, okay, I'm delivering on this product, but my clients aren't paying me. Well, do you hate me? Like, do you want me to go out of business? Please help me understand why we can't, why you won't pay your bills. You know, there's a whole education in there. But then you realize, like, that sort of angst and anxiety and stress that you're you're feeling as a business owner, everybody in your company is feeling it as well. Yes, they are. Because they all know we're in a cash flow crunch. Yeah, this didn't get approved. That didn't get approved. We're we're not going to have a holiday party this year. And we didn't get raises
1: when those people have worked very, very, very hard. We had that in one year in our firm. And I'll tell you,
0: we just found we're going to fix this. Yeah, that's it. And and one 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 other point to talk to to us about this is that when a natural disaster hits or when something hits your business or your customer's business, how net 30 suddenly becomes net whenever my insurance company pays me. Right? So about those kind of natural disasters, things that happen in business that suddenly Your largest client goes out of business and takes 200,000 in receivables that were yours that you're no longer going to collect.
1: Right. And that's why a key thing there is try to stay as current as you can and don't let it get out that big is one thing, you know, uh, absolutely. But truth is, there's almost no way you're going to be able to see all the outside factors coming at you. They're going to possibly hit you. So you need to be armed with a lot of different ideas and ready to recover. You know, Uh, maybe that is where you go get that short term loan or, you know, credit line or something to kind of get you past that.
0: Yeah, Uh, there are, you know, again, you know, we can talk about like permanent practices that you set up. You know, one of them is where I told my brother, who's a contractor uh, on Long Island. And I said, um, you know, September is National Preparedness Month because of all of the, you know, the disasters that hit hurricanes and earthquakes or, you know, whatever, you know, uh, 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 tornadoes and whatnot. And I'd always say to him on August 31st, I'd send him a note. Are you current on your receivables? Right. He does residential remodeling. Yeah. And they could be wiped out and not paying you in a heartbeat. Yeah. Hey, he he experienced it, you know, Hurricane Sandy when that island. You know he was he was he had some issues, not a lot, but he had some. But he said he knew clients, his competitors, some of whom went out of business, right? Because all of a sudden they weren't going to get paid for six months to a year on on the work that they were doing, or the projects that they had suddenly got shut down. Like yeah, we need to wait for an insurance payment. So a permanent practice might be, I think you said it earlier, having that cash reserve in your practice in the event that you, your cash flow gets right. a little. another another one could be if you are a um a, a business like like a contractor okay you know when when is hurricane season so permanent practice a month before hurricane season hits you make sure you're current on all your receivables maybe you even offer them incentive to pay you in advance Anything else to any other tips or advice that you would give to business owners about permanent practices? Well, one thing you might want to already have in place
1: uh, a quick to go to credit line or loan thing already approved, whatever. Funny, I, I've been gone from K2 now four years. <clears throat> I was founding partner of K2, but I still keep with my local bank. I have this credit line sitting there if I ever need to draw on it. Uh, thank heavens over the years with K2, I only had hit a few times, Yeah, but it's a pretty good sized chunk. If I need it overnight, I've just left that there, even though, you know, working for Zoho, I'm probably never, not even a chance I'd ever need that, Yeah, but I've still left it in place. It's just kind of in the back of my mind. It's a safety blanket a little bit. If I have to go to that, I can't, and then I can recover later. Yeah. Um, that's not a bad thing to have in place. No. Uh, be careful when you tap it. Once again, it affects your sleep, affects your life, affects everything. But it's good to have something like that in place. And once again, bank, bankroll when you can. When business is good, let's be as best you can. And look, I understand that. That's money you don't take home as business owners. Right. It always is. And that's money you're just putting to the side. And, you know, I want to do this vacation or whatever. Try to do it where it doesn't really hurt you as bad as you think it's going to. Right. One thing we did at K2 is we we tried to build it by, by kind of looking at. How much do we have? And then saying, okay, where does it start to really hurt? Okay, well, let's, let's go shy of that and put that away. Yeah, And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, when I left K2 uh, and equity-wise, it took them a while to kind of get a lot of that paid back to me because we'd build up a nice little sum there. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, do that as best you can and then try these other practices. But bottom line of all this, I'll tell you what, though, goes back to your management of cash flow and having a tool, to sit on top of this thing every month, every week, every whatever you want to do yeah, get after it. And I think it'll change your whole world.
0: I'll put those in our resource page, those Zoho products you mentioned. I think it was oh, excellent. expense, Thanks. books, sheets, right? And analytics, right? Those and four. Analytics. Okay, good. Yeah, I'll make sure we include them in their sheets. All right, Thank last you. question, because we're in, in, the, in the home stretch here. Um, how do people get in touch with you or the Zoho products that you mentioned if they have any questions well there's two resources there's a website
1: uh that we have for our team it's zoho.com slash cpa i had to pick one domain and i picked the easiest by the way bookkeepers (laughs) accountants everybody's welcome there it's not just cpas okay yeah y'all welcome there's some links there you can reach my team whatever from that site however i'm also very willing to just hand out my email it's very simple it's val my name val v-a-l at zohocorp.com. Don't right. go to zoho.com That's our mail system we do for customers. All right. It's zohocorp.com. And anybody's welcome to email me. You know, if we can help anybody, that's one thing Sridhar's allowed us to do, by the way. I don't know if you know this, but my team during the pandemic, we became PPP loan experts and we were doing webcasts on PPP loans and doing all this kind of stuff. Sridhar was all about it. So even if we get a little side distracted, you know, and we do a little business helping and all that kind of stuff, we're all about it. So we'd love to help anybody.
0: I love that. Honestly, that is like the unique selling proposition of Zoho is that you, you do, you care about people, you care about the planet, you care about making the world a better place, which is admirable. It's a very admirable quality. Val, I want to thank you for today, for taking time to talk to me and my listeners, about cash flow. I know they appreciate it. I know I'll get some good feedback on this. Uh, Great takeaways. We'll put a lot of that on the resource page, on our podcast site, and for being so generous with your time and and the follow-up questions that they may have. So, thank you for that.
1: Thank you, Brian. And we really appreciate this opportunity. And like I said, from our heart, we mean it. We're very happy to help folks any way we can.
0: Thank you. Good. Good. Uh, And thank you to our listeners. You know, you've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast. Keep your suggestions coming. Keep your feedback coming. We appreciate that. You are the fuel that drives this podcast car. So definitely keep that coming. And uh, we'll see you next week on another episode of the Small Business Edge podcast. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com for a listing of future podcasts.